ಆರ್ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಆರ್ ಭವಂತಃ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಸತ್ರಂ ಶೃಣ್ವಂತಿ ಇನ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಆರ್ ವಿ ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಯು ಅನ್ ಇಂಟರ್ವ್ಯೂ ವಿತ್ ಡಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಕೊನಾರ್ಟ್ ಅಲ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಆನ್ ಡಿಕೊಲೋನೈಸಿಂಗ್ ಎಜುಕೇಶನ್ very quickly if you were to summarize top 3 recommendations from you to the next hrd minister what should number 1 number 2 number 3 well, that depends on how ambitious you are i mean i think go I, big <laughs> well okay well i think in the long run yeah. you see a, a very strong priority is the abolition of english english should be turned there should be a very good solid second language course for english you can start at like 7 years of age and um so people should become fully conversant in english but nevertheless they should get their main knowledge through the mother tongue okay. and so that is very important very consequential their whole system of cultural references will change okay so the native culture will will come back up okay number two. uh you mentioned yeah, the, rte the, for example the, the, yeah right the history textbooks yeah um you see the history that people are being taught is quite influential for their whole view of the, the indian situation today of what the different religions are and so the negative view of hinduism is largely interiorized through this negative education where uh, the negative points of hinduism caste especially untouchability are being emphasized the great things are kept out of view mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the suffering that has been inflicted on hinduism is very much kept out of view so you see a more truthful historical knowledge will certainly contribute to a better self image okay then as for you said uh, the uh, right to education well there of course simply equality in schools just as equality everywhere else in society yeah. um you see when people are being oppressed again they have to spend at least mental energy or spend their time on redressing the situation whereas i think we have all of us have better things to do mm-hmm. so you see this this should be this should be terminated as fast as possible this injustice and so then you know let everybody flourish right it is fascinating to me and uh, again living here in north america it is almost unthinkable that there could be laws made in a democracy that apply differently based on the religion you're born in it just sounds utterly ridiculous uh the equality against law is a fundamental principle of any democracy in in, in north america like canada or the uh, or the us if yes. anybody would say well make different laws for running a school for you know a christian versus a muslim they would just laugh at you it's it's exactly. it's like it is it, it is beyond the realm of the extreme right wing fringe even to even speak of that where you can even make a law that doesn't apply equally to everybody so why right. isn't the equality of uh equal treatment against law is a constitutional protection in the united states for example mm-hmm. uh and it was there in the indian constitution as well so why is why do such laws even where do they even come from well um when the constituent assembly voted in favor of article 30 which in the constitution which uh, which gives minorities rights to uh, the right to set up their own schools mm-hmm. and manage their own schools it the constituent assembly didn't mean to withhold these rights yeah. from the hindus it, they don't mention the hindus because they presuppose that obviously the minor the majority has these rights yeah now 
gradually later on, especially under Indira Gandhi, the interpretation of this law changed. Mm. You see, under Indira Gandhi, you know, th there was a, a cultural revolution going on. I mean, in China, there was a cultural revolution just at that time. India had its own cultural revolution. This was mainly because uh, Indira Gandhi initially had to fight for her position within Congress. So she needed allies, she needed friends. So she strongly depended on the communists. Mm -hmm. And the deal with the communists was, okay, you see, you support me in the strictly political field, nominating people and so on. And I leave you the control of the cultural educational field. And so especially uh, P.N. Haksar and Nurul Hassan, the two people she mostly depended on in this regard, they have changed the face of India. And so uh, this... Uh, this cultural revolution took place and it changed the way people were thinking about India, including therefore also the, uh, the changed interpretation of these important articles of the constitution. Wow, amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure most Indians do not know about this. Uh, so yes, there do exist laws in India that do not presuppose equality in front of it. Okay, uh, okay next. So then bring it back to, you know, parents and kids here and, and the education system here. Uh, let's talk about the role of traditional Indian knowledge system that you touched upon briefly. How, how do you see their role for schools in India? And then, you know, if we want to do it here in North America, then we would have to do it through voluntary efforts like ours. So how would you address parents of kids in India about why they should care about traditional Indian knowledge systems and then the parents here? Well, again, you see the question, why should you care? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just a question of identity. It is simply also the intrinsic value of Hindu Dharma. You see, there are a number of values that are being taught that are, well, less perfectly taught in, in other civilizations. And so there are a number of contrasts with present-day Western culture versus traditional Hindu culture, where I think the Hindu values, dare I utter the word, dare I say it, are superior. You see, there are, there are points where Hindus do better, like you have a traditional culture of non-violence. Now here, of course, critics are going to flare up and say, but well, what else is the Mahabharata in the history of a war? Well, yes, of course, there have been wars in Indian history, not religious wars, I mean, except later when, when the Muslims came. But, um, of course, Hindu Rajas have been fighting amongst each other. That is true. What I mean is, um, well, first of all, even those wars were as much as possible so-called just wars, uh, especially the way the wars were conducted was only the fighters against each other. Far more than in other places, they left the peasantry and so on untouched. Um, but especially, there is the whole principle of nonviolence that is applied in every dimension. Like, for example, the integration of uh, new groups in Hindu society. You see, there was a Vedic center in Northwest India that gradually started to encompass all of India already long ago. Like the, mo the ancient most Tamil writings, 300 BC, 
already show a very thorough Vedic influence. Mm -hmm. So that happened long ago, but anyway, that happened. Now, the way that new tribes and so on were, were uh, brought in was very non-violent in the sense that there was no forced attempt to assimilate them. On the contrary, they could all keep their own identity. And so, as Dr. Ambedekar mm -hmm. uh, describes, this way, tribes became castes. You see, what even Ambedekar recognizes about the caste system, it is a non-violent system of allowing different groups to live together, to, on the one hand, maintain their own community identity, mm -hmm. their own group life, and on the other hand, still function together with all the other groups. And so rather than broader, bigger picture. Right. So rather than being an excluded from, caste was also a belonging to. It was a form of integration, of keeping your own group life and at the same time integrating into a larger society. Mm -hmm. So yes, that certainly had its own injustices. I'm not at all going to deny, to deny that. But it has also its positive sides. And in fact, now that you see the West is grappling with this problem of multicultural society, it could learn a few things from mm -hmm. the Hindu tradition. And so in other respects as well, and then very especially in the crown jewel of the yoga tradition that is now catching on worldwide. You see there, of course, uh, Hinduism has a very special merit that few other civilizations ever had. Mm -hmm. Fascinating, and 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 we know that, for example, even in the West, uh, you know, there, there are movements to teach kids yoga to improve their focus, concentration, you know, even memory training and things like that. Agastya Gurukulam is a non-profit organization dedicated to reviving the traditional system of Bharatiya Shiksha and decolonizing education. Agastya runs the world's first and only Sanskrit immersion online school. Would you like your child to be deeply rooted in traditional Bharatiya culture and yet successful in the contemporary world? Explore Agastya's part-time and full-time learning opportunities. For more information, visit Agastya's website at www.agastyagurukulam.org. Admissions are now open for the 2021-22 school year.